Oh, they're totally awesome. Now you have the original. Damn. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? <laughs> nice guitar. Yeah, I'm gonna get out there and try it out. I remember I was at ESP once and there was a guy, uh, they'd gotten a call from some guy that was uh, called the warranty department and wanted, um, needed some, uh, he wanted to send his guitar back because he'd gotten the guitar and, uh, and he welded all these sh uh, shut. Oh, wow. Because he didn't know anything about it. He didn't know that they were, you know. It's supposed to move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, okay, it's right in tune. So if I weld these shut, it'll always be in tune. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he wanted to send the guitar back because he went out of tune after he welded his tuning peg nice, shut. Nice, nice. We've actually had guitars come into the repair shop where you can tell that guys have made marks uh, where the tuning machines are supposed to go on the neck. And uh, Whoa. they don't understand why it's not going to stay in tune. But, yeah, you know, yeah. Future, future luthiers of America. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, well, I, first of all, I want to thank you for coming here, and I want to thank you for taking the time to do this interview with me. Uh, really, I'm just a fan. I've been a humongous fan of yours. Uh, think about the time the first Lynch Mob album came out was when I really started playing guitar and getting interested in guitar. And, uh, well, thank you. That album was awesome, and, and subsequently everything that you've done after I've followed and, and been a big fan of. And uh, well, there was that one note, though. Yeah, well, yeah. everybody's got other that one that. note, but you know. But other than that, uh, it's been pretty awesome. And, and uh, I've actually met you a couple times uh, over the years. You probably meet a lot of people, so you don't remember. But uh, years ago, I met you in a hotel in Meridian, Mississippi, and you were there for PV, I think, working on some amps or designing mm -hmm. an amp or something with oh, them. Okay. And uh, shortly after that, uh, we did a clinic together at a store in Baltimore uh, when I think you were doing a, a PV clinic tour kind of thing. So I've met you a couple times over the years, and you were actually here uh, once before uh, for a big event that we had. So it's been awesome to have you uh, kind of go along my musical journey you know, together with you as a fan. I do remember the, the, the PV trip. I don't remember the meeting, but um, yeah, I remember Meridian, Mississippi, because it's kind of stuck out in my memory because it was sort of an odd kind of destination. You know, I thought it well, is. <laughs> and I'm sort of um, I'd never even heard of it before, and then found out a little bit about it. And really, the town sort of exists for like two things because it's the headquarters of PV. And there's a lot of prisons. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I also found out a lot of the prisoners work for PV. Uh, well, you get your labor where you can. That's uh, well, yeah, but for, <laughs> I don't think having slaves do your you know, working in a for-profit corporation is, is the right thing to do. But uh, uh, they'll do it if they can get away with it, which they were. And I found out about that, or I had knowledge of that. And uh, um, there came a point in uh, our discussions where they wanted me to sign a non-disclosure statement uh, that I promised never to reveal the fact that they used prison labor to build their amps. Wow. Well, I didn't sign it. Uh, clearly. So yeah. I'm talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly. it. Clearly. I feel like Stormy Daniels right now. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Okay. Um, so what do yeah, you... Yeah, we're, we're, we're PV. We don't use Chinese prison labor. <laughs> yeah. We use American yeah. prison labor, goddammit. It's much cheaper that way. Yeah. There's no shipping involved. Praise the Lord. <laughs> 
So what are you working on these days? I mean, uh, kind of catching up to see what you're up to these days. You're involved in a ton of different projects and, and you seem to stay really busy like me. Um, so what, what are your major things that you're working on these days and, and you know, kind of what are your goals right now musically and personally? Well, we've got this new uh, ESP Kami 4 out. Uh, LTD, actually, LTD Kami 4, which I, this is the first time I've had one of these uh, that I played one. Uh, the new one and it's it's phenomenal. I mean honestly, I think this the neck on this is nicer than the old one than the original It, it feels great. Uh, I love the unfinished maple. Feel I just think I remember mine had had uh, Scallops scallops scalloped on it. I thought okay. I can't remember but anyways, do you still have the original guitar? Yeah, really? Okay How many yeah. guitars do you have would you say? Uh, more than any one person really needs and it's actually kind of sinful i think and uh i think i need to divest myself of some of the excessive guitars that i own and give them to people that are that need them so I, I brought a bunch back to esp and just sort of like let's do a campaign where we like find kids you know that need guitars that don't have guitars you know yeah can't afford them i remember we all remember when we were kids you know it's like having even one guitar was like a big deal yeah, and being absolutely. able to afford yeah. it yeah. and like my first guitar was like i worked all summer mowing lawns my dad matched me dollar for dollar and then finally found one in the, the little you know trader magazine or something the newspaper and found one and it was like 80 bucks <laughs> what, a 1960 les paul special along with a blackface fender tremolux amplifier 210 uh, piggyback amplifier 1963 uh, and a 1960 Les Paul special, both for $80. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I had $40 saved from doing chores all, all through the summer, and uh, my dad met, met, matched me dollar for dollar. So I got. That's that. pretty awesome. That's actually but an I mean, awesome rig to start with, really. You know? <laughs> right. You think? Well, I had some other <laughs> stuff that wasn't so great before that. I had Tisco's and St. George's and K's and stuff. But uh, that was my first real guitar rig. And uh, But I remember back and I was like, I never needed anything but that. I made that work. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, now I look in my house and I'm like, I'll never play any of these things. So it's like ludicrous, really. It's not a contest, and it's not well, like you know. I feel like in some ways, when I think I have 36 guitars at home, and that's a lot. Like you're right. Like some of them I never play. I don't open out of the case. You know, maybe once a year I look at them or something like that. But uh, over the time that I've had a lot of them, sometimes I played, you know, this guitar for this project, or this is special because, I don't know, my wife got it for me, or, or something like that, and I had these emotional attachments to these guitars, and although I don't play them, there's just something to me that feels awesome about having them. And I totally get what you're saying. I'm, I'm never going to use a lot of them. I should give them to somebody that needs them or, you know, do something with them. Well, I'm not saying them, you but, should, but, but uh, you know, I mean, I... I, I uh, if you feel guilty, then you can do that You're making me feel guilty. I didn't say... I, I was talking about me. I wasn't talking about you. Um, well, how many guitars did Hendrix own in his in 1968? 67. Not that many, you know? I, mean, I think he had, like, one or two main ones when he first yeah. started out. Yeah. And that was enough. He did a lot of good things with just that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I think in today's world, we're a little bit spoiled because there's so many 
products out there in the market. There's always new guitars coming out. As musicians, we're always chasing a tone, and uh, you know everybody is always kind of having their mind. Well, if I just get this guitar, if I just get this piece of gear, I'm going to sound like that Lynch Mob record. If I could just get that guitar, and you know, guarantee, I get that guitar, and guarantee and I you still won't. sound like me, and I can't sound exactly like you, and it's just how it. You my know. tech was. We were just talking about that dinner last night. John, my tech, he was like. He goes, uh, you know, he plugs through my rig every day, and he's like, I sound completely different than you do because, you know, I'm, like I've sat in a room, you know, with great guitar players, you know, like, like guys like Eddie and stuff or Lukather or, you know, just monster players, and they just they just play like that, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's just them and their yeah. inflections and the tone of their hands and, and mm. how they mute the strings and, and every little thing. But yeah. Uh, So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I get what you're saying, though, and I agree that um, – if you're doing, if you you know, if you're a musician as a profession and you're doing a lot of stuff like you're doing studio work and you're doing outside work and you have multiple projects and across multiple genres and maybe movie trailers or whatever, you know, you, 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 you need you, these tools. Yeah, yeah they're tools that yeah. are in your the palette, you know, different color, colors of paint and yeah. you need a uh, Strat and and you need a Les Paul and you need a 12 string and you need an acoustic and you need a, a telly and a jumbo body you need everything and a classical yeah. guitar maybe, and a, maybe you, know. <laughs> you need a slide you need something set up for slide maybe yeah. you need a, a dobro or national steel um, maybe a coral sitar maybe something kind of lo-fi you know <laughs> Italian resonator guitar or something and the same goes with amps you need a few different flavors that's right um, but maybe Six to ten of each. Yeah. That's not too many. So maybe there should be a lot. Yeah. We'll have to work on yeah. that. Yeah, so it's like we should be like the Bernie Sanders of inequality for tone. There you go. Right. And raise the floor and – what is it called? Raise the floor, lower the ceiling. Right. <laughs> because if there is – if there is – if sin exists, I think it's having too much. Yeah. I think that because for somebody to have too much of anything, Means other people – Means somebody else doesn't have enough. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, while we're talking about guitars, tell me a little bit about your relationship with ESP. You are uh, definitely their flagship endorser. You've been with them uh, for a really long time, and uh, over the years I've seen a lot of different ESP models that you've come out with. Uh, tell me a little bit about your relationship and, and um, why you've stuck with ESP so long. Well, I think almost any guitar company can do about anything they set their mind to really i mean we're all using the same machines and we all got craftsmen and luthiers and you know everything's based off the same basic original designs sure you know everything's a a version of a something built in the 50s a or, or, a Gibson yeah. or a couple other things that's about it what else are you going to do yeah uh, i mean at least prs came up with an in-between scale yeah you know but other than that you know there's not too many ways to reinvent the wheel. So, you know, I found somebody that after some trial and error with other companies, actually, before I, I was with Area Pro 2, which is my first endorsement, which really wasn't much of an endorsement, but it was the first free guitar I got from a company. Yeah, so, so I that's played. exciting, yeah. Yeah, it was, I was really excited to get that. And uh, then I uh, went to Kramer, and that really didn't work out. And then um, ESP did, you know, just because they were really attentive and they rolled up their sleeves and we went to work and in one day in Tokyo we designed the kamikaze you know together putting our heads together and, and and it worked you know they did it and it was it's it's a great design i think that sort of fills a, a void you know it isn't a les paul it isn't a strat but it it's not a Charvel. it's just kind of Something its own different. thing yeah, yeah. yeah. It either 
filled a space or created a space that it then filled or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, it's definitely kind of a unique, kind of its own unique thing. And, and I was proud of that. And the fact that they were able to pull that off. And um, so uh, we had personal re- great, wonderful relationship as well. Um, my guitar tech uh, was my main guitar tech in the 80s. Uh, and I are best friends. And we still are. And um, so uh, when we went to Japan together, we worked on designing the guitar with the ESP guys. And then, um, and Matt is his name. And Matt, uh, I don't know if you know Matt. You know Matt Massindaro? Yeah, I think actually I do. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so then um, he wanted to get off the road. And I, I got him his job at ESP. I'm not saying that to brag or anything. I'm just saying it's yeah, just kind of a cool story. Together. Yeah, absolutely. It's a cool story that he became, became the CEO. Yeah. Uh, which he's been like for 20 years now yeah. and the company's become very very successful and um, I've been with them for 33 years or something like that and now Matt uh, you know we're best friends he's uh, my middle daughter's godfather oh that's awesome yeah. um, so there's a real personal relationship you know yeah. he's uh, been my best man at all my weddings and you know all my yeah. weddings that yeah. sound good doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, they're family. Yeah. So. That's, I, I've always felt that that is such a great company. Um, I think I've been dealing with them for about 20 years uh, through different different channels. And uh, there was a guy named Mike Brinker. You probably know Mike oh, Brinker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Mike. And, yeah. and he was a great guy. And yeah, we yeah. kind of, and we're close to the same age. So we came up kind of in the music industry together. And uh, as I rose in this side of it, he rose internally in ESP and right. uh, he, they're just such a great company and always kind of there to help us and they make great products and they stand behind them and, and the support for a music store is really important. I mean, if you, you walk around in here in stock, we have probably 2000 guitars and uh, you don't want to deal with problems and, and quality control issues and they're just great. I mean, that guitar right there that you picked up is fresh out of the box and you're playing it. And I always kid with him. I say when I, when I retire, from touring and stuff, I'm gonna be a ESP rep. <laughs> and my favorite part of the world is is the Southwest. Okay, so, so you take that territory. I'll well, you know, I want to kick some somebody. I'm sure already has it, so I'll have to guess wait in line. But <laughs> just kind of a jokey pipe dream thing. But I th- always thought, well, if I was the rep, I think I could do a really good job uh, at being a rep because um, I'm not sure uh, what all is involved, but. Uh, as far as the ESP guitars, I would go into the stores and just hang out with the salesmen and the people that work there and own it and develop a rapport, obviously, sit around and jam at the store. So that kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. make Get it people real excited and, and, you know, and then talk to the salesman about, you know, and the, and the, if they have a in-house guy or whatever, setting up guitars and make sure that they're all set up perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. So that when they, you know, cause that's every, to me, sure. that's kind of like sure, when I go into a music store off the wall. It, it, instantly, it's got to feel right. You never say, oh, well, I could buy this guitar, but I'm going to have to spend a day tweaking it, or I'm going to have to take it to a repair guy and make sure I can get it right. When you pick up a guitar, you're like, oh, yeah, this is the one for me. Yeah, this it, feels great. Not everybody can get past a bad setup. Yeah. You know? yeah. So you could take a mediocre guitar, give it a great setup, it's going to feel better than a, a, you know, a very expensive guitar with a, a lousy setup. So <laughs> I think you can go a long way with that. And then um, also have a rig in every store that's very complimentary to the the guitar to make it, you know, right. sort of help sell the guitar. I remember there was a place I used to go in Hollywood, they're not in business anymore, called Voltage Guitar, and a lot of vintage stuff. 
and uh, they had a lot of high-end clients and stuff. And, and you'd go in there, and you know, you'd pick up a, you know, '60s SG or a, you know, an old '50s Strat or whatever Tele, and you and and their demo amp was a, a, a 5E3, you know, '56 or something deluxe, a '55, '56 Tweed deluxe, yeah. which cannot sound bad, yeah. you know. Yeah. And they and they had it in this room with the wood floors, and it was just they had it in the right room. Oh, so natural reverberation. Uh, everything was it's just, just the sound. The amp would sell the, the guitar, yeah. so they would refuse to sell that amp. And they told me Tom Petty and Keith Richards tried to buy that amp because I inquired about buying it. They we wouldn't even sell it to them. Why would we sell it to you? <laughs> you know. So uh, uh, they go. That amp has sold us so many guitars. Oh, I totally believe that. And, uh, yeah, I mean that, that's such a big thing, especially. Um, I always am like when I see somebody grab a guitar, you know, a nice guitar, and then they go plug it into the $89, you know, crate practice amp, and it's kind of like, what are you doing? What are you doing? If you just, I mean, having a nice amp set up to play a nice guitar through, especially in the same genre, uh, it makes such a big difference. Yeah, it depends on the buyer too. I mean, or the customer, or the person that's looking at the guitar. I mean, if you're buying a guitar like this Kamikaze, this Kami 4, you're obviously in a certain genre of music. You're sure. Not, you're not sure. You're not playing, playing jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not playing Brad Paisley licks, or right. you know, you know, you're not playing uh, gypsy jazz or anything. You're probably playing rock, you know, rock guitar, yeah. right? Yeah. So then you have a rig though that that can you know be sort of fluid, and you could do that that thing have a little delay on it maybe yeah. or a little yeah. bit of verb and. You know, nice quality harmonic distortion with enough gain to where it's like giving you what you want. Yeah, good sustain. You can hit a harmonic really easy, and it just rings out. And totally yeah, that'll help sell the guitar. And All right, I, and I think I you would, should be an ESP rep. When you're yeah, <laughs> I don't know how much that pays. I probably didn't pay enough. <laughs> know, it sounds like a lot of work too. Huh? Yeah, there's a lot of work. Yeah, maybe I won't do that. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, so while we're talking Maybe I'll just about be a rock star <laughs> yeah, instead. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I think I'd rather have that job. While we're talking about the kamikaze, can you tell me what the writing is on there? What What does it say? My name is George, and I have many children. Really? Well, that's what some person told me, but I don't know if that's true, because I can't, <laughs> I can't quantify that or, okay. or double-check with you, because I don't really know Chinese characters. But that's what you, you're told that it is, okay? Yeah, some somebody told me that, and somebody else told me something else. It was just like maybe kind of a ideation of Mister Scary or something, which sounds like probably more probable. But okay. uh, all right, I've always wondered that. That's kind of yeah, because <laughs> there's three kinds of lettering in, in Japanese and the Japanese language. There's the little baby letters that they learn when they're first in you know grade school. And there's kanji, which I I think is just kind of the language they use just generically like for government use or newspapers and then there's the Chinese character which is more artistic and and isn't it's a total different kind of language where the symbols uh, represent an idea okay there's so there's nothing phonetic in there okay yeah so. and then uh, what's the significance of the five bombs Six was too many and four wasn't enough. I had no significance <laughs> that I could think of. <laughs> All right. Well, that's interesting. Okay. All right. Um, so I was going to hit you with a couple just kind of rapid fire questions to just learn a little bit about you and, and kind of what's going on with you. So um, uh, I know we've got to get to sound check soon. So if you mm -hmm. want, we can just knock some of these things out. Sure. I know uh, kind of the idea of this interview is hopefully we inspire some folks to uh, pick up the guitar, play. I know. Uh, me as a fan, I'm always intrigued 
by uh, learning more about your practice routine, your habits, what you think about. Yeah, I, I basically you know? I practice during podcasts. That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to do a lot of podcasts yeah, to, to, to get better. Practicing, yeah. yeah. So if you're, if you're, you're learning new things, I don't even like doing podcasts. I just like you know you like practicing. practicing yeah. yeah, and it's a nice quiet time that you could you could practice. So, what are you currently listening to? And, and I don't mean like I know you probably get a question all the time: who are your influences? Who are your favorite bands? Like, what did you listen to today here in the car? What What do you like? When I didn't you get listen to anything plane? today. Yesterday, I listened to this guy Gustavo Brazil. Okay, I'm not uh, familiar with him. Brazilian um, uh, neo jazz everything kind of guy. Um, I got turned on to him by um, the guys from Animals Leaders. Okay. So I did some work with um, the rhythm guitar player. Well, I don't like to call him a rhythm guitar player, but, you know. <laughs> the second guitar yeah. player, we'll say. Okay. Yeah. And okay. Tur- they turned me on to him, and he's just, just ridiculously fascinating guitar player. But, you know, there's so much stuff out on the Internet now that I've found that um, I, I just a lot of times spend a lot of time just on Instagram or something or, you know, Facebook just kind of going through, uh, like, some of the – Sites like Sound of Guitar. Okay. Have you seen that one? I haven't, no. You know, it's just every day there's like five, six different people, you know, guys sending little clips, doing all kinds of great stuff, you know, just uh, great rockabilly players and yeah. and then blues guys or just like R&B soul kind of vibe and just but great inversions and great technique, and, you know, really cool mellow tone or you get some mellow guys, of course, doing all that just crazy stuff and i'm just like damn it's always inspiring to kind of it look is, around yeah. at that yeah. and especially in different genres and different styles of music mateo you know? astusa i don't know if you know that guy no. he's freaking pretty nuts there, there's i've come to realize that there are so many awesome players out there <laughs> and and with the with the dawn of facebook and youtube yeah. and instagram and, and just the internet in general you see these guys and they're just every day Guys or girls <laughs> that are amazing. There's actually like a humongous uh, influx of shredding women guitar players mm-hmm. nowadays. I mean, I think mm-hmm. uh, Nita Strauss. I don't know if you, you follow mm-hmm. her. Yeah, she, Alice Cooper. Yeah, yeah she's mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, she's a great guitar player. Um, uh, there's another guy that I'm always watching on Facebook, Rick Graham. Have you seen him? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's really great. I mean, he, he is phenomenal. And uh, let's see, Liquid Charlie's another one. He's kind of... I mean, I grew up in an era where, you know, you could name the guys on one hand. Yeah. You know, or maybe two if you really went deep, you know. Yeah. But that was about it. Now and, there's and, so much yeah. stuff out there. And it's like it, information uh, overload. Not which is music with everything, yeah. you know, I think. It, uh, it just becomes overwhelming at some point where I'm just like, mm, nothing special anymore. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's the other thing, too, yeah. is I think that this era doesn't have the same kind of rock star celebrity that there was before because everybody has instant access to everybody and everything you can see you know i I remember going to concerts and you didn't know what the set was going to be so if you threw in a cool kind of uh you know song that you didn't play a lot you were like oh my god you know they played that song but now even if i don't want to see it I see clips of the show. I see the set list printed online. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think uh, there, there's there's nothing is held back anymore, so it takes that excitement away. Kind of a weird yeah. thing, a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain because the curtain doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's exactly it. That's uh, it, 
you know, I don't want to start sounding like the old man. It's just like, you know. I feel like I'm sounding like the old man yeah, back yeah. in my day. <laughs> but uh, I think that's a natural thing, you know, for every generation to kind of surplant the one previous to it and yeah. build, you know, on the shoulders of their predecessors. That's what we're designed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a reason for that. So, you know. Uh, and then we always think that, you know, the next generation doesn't have a clue, but they do. They're actually a lot smarter than us. Yeah, and, yeah. and they and, learn from yeah. our mistakes and see where we fell short yeah. of something and take the ball that much farther down the road kind of yeah. thing. You know, that's uh, what they do. <laughs> and then they get older and become like us, yeah. jaded. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Man, back in my day, you didn't know. <laughs> so what are your current musical goals? Well, uh, I mean, concretely, I would like to do... A, uh, an actual guitar instrumental record. I've never done one. I did, a, you know, Sacred Groove in 1993 was partly instrumental, uh, but I'd like to do that magnum opus thing where I just woodshed and go deep and spend a year and yeah. create this real personal musical statement, you know. Okay. Uh, that kind of maybe sums it all up. And, and secondly, you know, just keep chasing that dragon in my head, you know, that. I never seem to be able to. It's so elusive, you know. <laughs> that 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 the world's greatest song, the world's greatest guitar solo, you know. Sure, and, the best riff ever. You yeah, know, that's like, you know, yeah. oh shit. Yeah, yeah. And then it's you never actually come up with anything that's as good as that. Uh, you gotten pretty close a lot of times, so. <laughs> so yeah, but if you hear what was going on in here, it's just crazy, and it happens, you know. In the crazy, and for all of us that are players, and you know, we we all share this uh, experience. I'm sure it's like everybody I talk to. It's like, yeah, man, it's when I'm in the shower, I'm riding my motorcycle, or I'm in the car, yeah. or just when I'm waking up, or if I'm in a certain room, like there's a bathroom downstairs next to my studio, that where I can hear like there's some kind of pipes or air conditioning or something going on behind the walls, and it creates this drone. It's very very subtle. Yeah, but I always hear. Beats and and, and yeah, melodies. So you find yourself creating melody lines over top of it and kind of yeah. like humming along, doing what you're doing. I do that. So too, when I'm yeah. working in the studio, they're yeah. like, "Where are you going?" I go, "Hey, oh, you should go to the bathroom a lot." I go, "No, no, no." I go for inspiration because all my ideas are in the in the in the can. <laughs> Exaggerating. So, what? Uh, tell me a little bit about your practice routine, other than when you're doing podcasts. Do, do you like today? Uh, you're doing a clinic. I know tomorrow you're playing M3. Uh, what do you do to prepare for these gigs? Do, do you? practice every day do you have like you know sometimes i'll pick a piece of music and say all right you know this month i'm going to work on whatever solo this is and, and learn every note and, and you know be perfect at it or i'm going to work on sweet picking what do you do to to stay up to par i'm not that methodical and, and, and disciplined i uh, basically get a, get a try to keep a guitar in my hands that's about the as low as the bar goes for me <laughs> okay you know i just keep my fingers moving and uh and stay well lubed, you know, <laughs> mentally and physically. And uh, um, I'm not a disciplined um, practicer. I I, I, um, I know I should be, and I'm a better guitar player when I am. So I would, you know, highly recommend it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was doing a clinic yesterday. I was talking to everybody. And I was remembering it. You know, when I used to teach uh, various places throughout my you know years as a guitar player. That's always when I was my best, you know. Sure. So just I, I being in the saddle way. and playing, you know. I mean, whether it's applying yourself, which is obviously the best way to do it, is, you know, have a book in front of you or study something or really try to get outside your box. That's always the best thing. But just to at least be in the saddle and keeping your fingers moving and trying to get 
trying to stretch beyond what you know the default is yeah you know because that default thing is just a trap you yeah. know yeah but yet necessary you know because you need an anchor you need some place to start but then when you just keep going down that same well-worn path and you're just digging a rut and then yeah and it's the same thing in a rut, and, and yeah. you're not inspired because you're like oh man well i'm not even thinking here and i already played that and that sounds fine and you know um do you have any tips that you would give to up-and-coming guitar players uh, other than keep the guitar in your hands. Um, I always tell people that if they can pick up the guitar every day and play, even if it's for 10 or 15 minutes, um, that they'll become a better player, that they'll be more comfortable with the instrument, that they'll just kind of develop a better ear. Do you have any advice other than that? that you I, I would say uh, maybe a good piece of advice is to handicap yourself. You know, um, acoustic guitar with heavy strings, I knew a guy that always tuned, uh, tuned his practice guitars up to F. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's another, it's just to make it more challenging. There was another thing I used to practice, which I should probably start doing again, is folding fingers back behind, taking a finger out of the equation on your left hand. So playing with two, three, and four and taking your index finger out of it, or just two just two fingers. Okay. And trying to run your scales and your, your modes and triads and stuff with just two or three fingers. You know, things like that. Just whatever handicap you can think of. I mean, I just just too off the top of my head. But I used to always say to myself, okay, like let's say for an example, I'm on stage at Nissan Pavilion with Lynch Mob, and I have to take the solo, but I can only use these two strings. What do you do? And kind of compose a melody line or a cool lick mm -hmm. or something like that. And uh, uh, you'd be surprised how hard it is when you really put your mind to something like that and not be repetitive and not mm. be boring and generic kind of thing. I got great advice, uh, probably some of the best advice I ever got from uh, Elliot from the Cars. And uh, he said, uh, well, he gave me three pieces of advice, but the one that really stuck with me was uh, when you are in the studio and you're composing or you're writing a song or, or a guitar line, sing it. Oh, Don't advice. play on guitar. Just sing it. Hear, you know, hear where it should go in your head, and then just mimic it with guitar. Yeah. So it's and like a vocal melody line, something you, know, you can come back. Yeah, and I mean, I guess. And then the other thing was, uh, <clears throat> uh, so it's more of a talking guitar part rather than, you know. Sure. Uh, guitar phrasing from a guitar phrasing standpoint. And then uh, the other thing he said was, uh, uh, if you're constructing a solo or, a, you know, whatever kind of part in a song and you're doing a, a, a harmony to it, uh, Okay, do that harmony and then strip out the fundamental and leave the harmony in the solo. If you're like comping a solo or something. Wow, you know? okay. This is interesting stuff that That's was actually very yourself. useful. Yeah, <laughs> that is pretty useful yeah. information. Um, are you still into fitness? I know at one time you were really big fitness guy. Uh, no, no, I'm just, you know, try to eat right, uh, try to stay active in, in various ways. And, uh, but yeah, no, I'm not like I used to be. I mean, it was, that was, back in the day, it was like, that was my main thing. Yeah. Was being in the gym and guitar was secondary and that wasn't healthy in a lot of ways. So really? Okay. I got away from that, fortunately. And how, how do you control your diet and eat right, especially when you travel? Yeah, it as takes much a lot of effort, do. right? It really does. It really yeah. consumed all my time was, you know, getting to gyms and in, 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 in unfamiliar cities and getting my diet right and, and, and managing that that 
you know, it was just ridiculous. And then guitar was just something that was kind of got in my way. And I'd have to go out there and, okay, <laughs> and knock go, that out of the yeah, way. Okay, back to the gym. Back to the gym, yeah, so I could go, yeah. I could go. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
if it wouldn't have been for that, it, I wouldn't be playing in a parking lot today. <laughs> I had to pay my dues and play those stupid arenas and stuff. And like, um, yeah, monsters of parking lot. Anyways, yes, sir. You don't want to know, dude. <laughs> but let me guarantee you're not going to ask me for a pick afterwards. <laughs> no, I just fold it between my fingers. That's sort of an unconscious move, and I'm not really a true finger picker, like, you know, flat pickers or anything like that. I use two, uh, yeah, just kind of like a claw thing. You know? I would like to learn to use another finger, you know, get that technique down, but, <clears throat> yeah. Actually, I actually prefer to have um, a, a hum in the bridge and a single in the neck, but just a lot of my guitars just end up being built this way, you know what I mean? Like, for instance, this guitar, it would destroy the, the routing and everything, the pattern to have put a single in there. Um, but that has single in it, you know, and I love it because, you know, you want to do something a little more legato fluid, it's there, you know, and I love that. But. Uh, I don't know. It's just the one trick Charvel, you know, San Dimas kind of thing. It's what we all grew up with and it's kind of what we default to. Oh, favorite, favorite guitar. My favorite guitar right now is the one that I'm holding in my hand. Um, I mean, it changes, you know, from week to week. Um, and I always end up going back to my first love, right? Which is, you know, the stuff we start out with. So. Um, my Tiger is pretty much my default favorite, my original Tiger guitar. Although all my guitars have a, you know, have a soft spot for all of them, depending on what I'm doing, right? And if I'm playing in this context or maybe another different project I have, which requires me to be play, have different uh, different tone palette, different sounds available. Sometimes I go to a Strat, uh, you know, my I have a homemade Strat. It's not a real Fender, but. Um, I got a 50, I just acquired a 59 Les Paul Jr. So, you know, when I want to pretend to be Leslie West, I'll pull that out, you know? <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's one th nice thing about having multiple guitars. People ask me, why do you have so many, you know, we had this conversation earlier today. Do we really need all these guitars? But in a sense, when you do this for a living and it's your whole life, it does keep it interesting and you gotta keep it interesting. Otherwise, it, dude, it really can get stale, you know? I mean, for me, I've really never experienced that, but I know a lot of guitar player friends of mine and, uh, have expressed that, you know? Um, and, and for me, I'm a tone junkie and a gear junkie, so I'm just totally tone questing all the time. And to me, that's the adventure beyond just the playing and writing and composing and performing. It's, it's, it's like when I'm out here, like I'm in my hotel, what do we do? You know, we look up, uh, we look up, try to look up music stores, if we ever have time, if we have a day off or something, first thing we do is look up music, mom and pop music stores like this place and go trolling for old, cool little pieces of gear, pedals, you know, whatever, amps, you know. Not necessarily expensive stuff, just kind of cool, trippy stuff that's fun, you know, and take it home and play with it. And it really keeps the, uh, keeps the juices flowing, if you know what I mean.
spent an hour and a half rocking out with you outside in our parking lot. I didn't see you rocking out. I was totally rocking out. Oh, that's because you were behind me. I was behind you, but I was just yeah. freaking out about, you know, the event itself. Yeah, but, it was uh, it was interesting and fun, and, and it took me a second to get acclimated. And that's the thing with these, with these clinics, which are... Uh, you know, in all kinds of different locations, a lot of times, and and uh, for me, it's all about hearing how it how it sounds, sure, and, and and the feedback loop, and I have to get acclimated. So that's why when I need to get out on the stage, and I do this when we play live as well, I get out on the stage, and um, sort of get a feel for it, and make sure my rig's all right, and when I get all the all the things worked out with my rig, you know, which pedal to use, what cabinets, the settings, and everything. Then I start getting tuned into the stage itself in the room, to where I feel comfortable with it, and um, and it makes it a lot easier to, to play well. And and tonight um, I was struggling at first uh, because it was sort of a strange environment. You know, some sure, of the acoustics sure. were, were weird. It was kind of sort of disconnected, and I was trying to find a balance between my tracks and my and my guitar sound and the subs and then playing outside with the buildings and it was just setting up kind of a yeah totally a, you know some weird reflections and i had to just sometimes honestly if you just move uh, you can find sweet spots on the stage if you can just move even your head over a few inches sometimes it changes everything yeah you're in the direct field of a monitor or you hear mm -hmm. your amp just enough to to uh, kind of play off of that or, or exactly. the feeds back just the right way. You're trying to create a mix in an environment where you can forget about thinking about all that and just start playing. And right. I got there about halfway through, two-thirds two of the way through. Well, to from the outside looking in to us, the audience, and me as a musician, you got there super quick. Hmm. I mean, I, I think uh, um, well, I, uh, it's, it's definitely a strange environment and being thrown in there with somebody you're not used to running your sound, gear you're not used to, mm -hmm. that's a tough thing. Yeah. But uh, I'm adaptable, and I'm really I'm all about the throw and go. I, I I'm good with that. Um, I'm, I'm I've got really good basic gear, so I know my my sound is there. Um, it's just kind of working it out, you know, gig by gig. Yeah, totally. You know, so totally, I get that. And sometimes it's 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 really a, a it's a head game. You know, a lot of it is just psychological. A lot of it isn't because I'm, I'm capable <laughs> yeah. of playing. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you played these songs before, so you, you know what yeah. to expect. You've heard the tracks before. I really rely almost entirely on inspiration. So, And I thought it was awesome. You played our store guitar fresh out of the box. Yeah, I loved it. Three songs. That's amazing. I loved it. I mean, I was playing it in here when we were talking earlier, and um, just without it plugged in, and it, the neck on it feels great. I felt right at home. And I thought, well, as long as this thing's got a decent pickup in it, uh, it should be okay. It's got a nice piece of wood. I mean, what could go wrong? And it did. It sounded wonderful. <laughs> that, that's actually a really good testament to ESP that you could do that. You know, um, you know, I do that well, not frequently, frequently, but now and again, I, I have done that. Pulled things off the wall and just played them, and and very rarely ever regretted it. You know, kind of goes back to the setup. As long as it's set up fine, you're good to go. Well, I. Uh, I appreciate everything that you've done for us today, and you are my very first podcast guest ever. Oh, really? Uh, so oh, this is you. kind of a new thing for me, and you've made this super easy and uh, welcoming and awesome, so thank well, you very much for that. A, you're a good interviewer, whatever your Am I? title is. I don't know what you're called, but <laughs> I'm DJ. just a fan. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, a podcast. Yeah, podcast. The, the clinic was awesome. I think uh, mm -hmm. just looking at, at the looks on our customers' faces was awesome. We've had people buy in uh, George Lynch guitars 
weeks leading up to this. Mm. We've had tons and tons of phone calls and emails. Uh, so thank you very much for that oh, and man. everything that you've done. And, well, I've been uh, part of the ESP family for 33 years, and so I'm always, you know, they've been family to me. So I'm, I'm, when they say jump, I say how high. <laughs> you know? So I'm glad to be here, and uh, I enjoyed myself. And actually, it was great practice for me because – a lot of times I'd just be sitting in my hotel room being lazy and not practicing when I should. This well, there you go. So this is, is forcing you to practice. Yes. Anytime you want to practice, you call me. We'll do another okay. episode or something. Uh, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners and our customers with? Um, you know, it, it's awesome having you in our store and having you in our local town. Is there any thoughts that you can give about our store, about our customers, about inspirational things to keep people playing? Anything you want to leave us with? Hmm. Well, I I just maybe leave with a more of a universal, not particularly musical uh, observation, and just say that you know a place like this is sort of a, a a temple of normalcy in the crazy world that we live in right now because music is that thing that sort of levels all the playing fields. That's it. And so uh, we're all the polarization and 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 shittiness that's going on right now in the world. Uh, it's nice to have a place where we, where we all come together and all those things just seem to, just to dissolve. That, so, that is a, that's a great ending. This is kind of like my church. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's exactly it. Well, again, thank you very much. Um, I can't say that enough. Uh, it's been an awesome experience, and uh, we wish you luck tomorrow at M3 Festival, and uh, hopefully we'll catch you next time when you're back in Maryland. Thank you. Yeah, we're playing a whole 45 minutes, but oh well. You know, We'll get up there and hit it hard, be fast and furious, get in and get out. But thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You're All right.